Hello, listeners, and welcome to yet another episode of EdgeGuard Podcast, a podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Jordan. I'm one of your two co-hosts. I'm joined, as always, by Blake. Hey, Jordan. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty good, all things considered. Uh, yeah, <laughs> certainly, certainly better than the little candle in this game. Yeah, he's, you think he's, so? He's I struggling. guess that candle's kind of always either an immediate threat of dying or or trying to make his the threat go away uh yeah trying to avoid dying uh in case you're wondering what candle we're talking about this is the protagonist of the game we played this week um for the podcast which is called lifespan candle uh which is a game by one man development studio havana 24 that one man being alessandro pezzetti um Havana 24 on itch. Um, this is a puzzle platformer game where you control a candle, uh, a pretty cute candle, if I do say so myself. <laughs> and you, um, so you have the the main mechanic is you can catch the wick on your candle being's head on fire, and this allows you to interact with the environment in various ways, mainly by lighting ropes on fire, uh, but also you have to be lit. Um, in order to finish the the level, so you when you're on fire, you will light the gold. They look like logs, I guess. I don't really know. You light yeah, the I don't logs really on, know what to do with that is in order to to finish the game or finish the level. Um, but then, as you are uh, on fire, your candle burns down quite quickly, actually. So you have yeah. to try and um, balance the, the two needs of not dying, but also actually traversing the level, but uh, staying lit. You know what I mean? Lit. Um, and then it has kind of, oh, oh, that's good. Uh-huh. Uh, he's kind of, he seems like kind of a goober, this little candle though. I don't think he's super lit. No, he doesn't and, seem lit about others. the situation when no, he's, he's on not. fire. Um, and I will say, maybe we'll talk about this later, but the, the little face uh, on this candle dude is quite expressive. I, I'm impressed <laughs> with how much emotion they managed yeah. to pack into those little eyeballs and mouth. He, when he's burning down, he looks genuinely distressed. Uh-huh. I, I, I mean, wouldn't seriously, you be? I would be, but I'm just impressed with their ability to communicate that with his face. Yeah, although also, if you're a candle, isn't that a little bit par for the course? You know, maybe maybe being afraid of your head being on fire is a little bit, uh, you know, I mean, a- amateurish. It, when everyone it comes to being everyone a dies, and yet we're all still afraid of death. Isn't it par for the course for humans to okay. die? Okay. And yet still afraid all right you you're going to podcast really this <laughs> candle is a metaphor for human oh life. is that right uh-huh. because we always we know that we're gonna in, die just like in this he knows. essay jordan in this outline. essay i will uh-huh. <laughs> yes that's my favorite meme format it just speaks to me so closely yeah um, i feel like as an english major that <laughs> you know that makes sense yeah it also is perhaps overused on my twitter feed but uh yeah um <laughs> Anyway, so that's the that's the the gist of the game. So that's what we played. Uh, there are some some other uh, uh, sort of twists on it. It's a it's a bit of a short game. So if you want to play mm-hmm. it, uh, it would take you fifteen minutes. Yeah, and um, it's free, and, and it's, it's in a browser, free. and it's in a browser. So very low uh, cost of entry for this. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so I want to start by just asking you what you what you thought of this. What did you think of our candle friend? Uh, I thought it was a pretty fun game. Uh, I think the platforming controls could be a little better. Yeah. Uh, and I think that 
the ideas could go further. But I agree. You know, However, the one j- thing a I've, jam yes, game exactly. as it is. That's what I was going to say. I forgot to uh, mention it is a game jam game for weekly game jam number one sixty. The theme was nothing stays forever. So you can see the see the connection there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for a game jam game, unsurprising that it's only you know fifteen twenty minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, however, unlike some game jam games we play, I felt like this one could have could have squeezed a little bit more out of the out of the premise maybe but uh also i don't know i didn't make it <laughs> sure <laughs> uh um, how did you feel about this game uh i think i felt similarly the there was only one level really where i felt like the the platformer mechanics were an obstacle to um traversing yeah um, it's probably the same one i would I guess did. it's the same one um you know, there were a couple of little places where you kind of feel it, but there's really only one where I found it frustrating. Uh, and in, for the most part, it is a, um, it is a, you know, leans on the puzzle half of puzzle platformer more than the, the platformer part. Um, yeah. so I didn't, I didn't find the platformer, um, controls too well, uh, un- I think unbearable. Um, but it was, uh, it did have a little bit of the, you know, the braid frustration of you've oh me- you've mentally solved the puzzle, but you just keep missing yeah. the jump or something like that. And you're like, okay, I know exactly what I need to do. Yeah. I just interesting don't have the timing down. I, d- I didn't actually think of braid playing this game, but now that you mention it, it's like, that's one of the reasons I never finished braid is a, I came to it sort of years later, um, you know, and sure, sort of sure. like this is yeah, the you're, game you're that was so like popular. 13 this, when it came out it came out in like 2009 or something 2009 yeah it would have been like 13 or 14 <laughs> yeah dude here let's see it came out in 2008 oh my god oh yeah yeah so i i came to it probably in 2012 2013 something like that and found that uh as cool as the puzzles were not only was like executing something once you figured it out sometimes tedious, but I also just found the platforming to feel like <laughs> dog shit. Uh, yeah. And this game, I will say, did not feel like dog shit. But I mean, I'm gonna be totally frank with you. If you put, uh, if as a platformer, if you bi- bind a jump to the up arrow key, oh, you're not, you're not my friend. <laughs> you know yeah, what I, I mean? I actually got used to that pretty quickly, but that, I definitely the first couple levels, I was like, why is spacebar not I, in play? I don't know why it is such a is such a like brain breaking thing for me, but like Smash <laughs> Brothers or something where you have to jump with the like by hitting the joystick up. I'm like, who the fuck? <laughs> Who's idea? Well, you this? don't have to jump that way. You, <laughs> you don't use have C to. You, you can use the C. I thought is it in the first one? You can only use. I don't remember. Anyway, well, in some of them, the C I, in GameCube C is a joystick itself, also. But now I'm trying think, to remember. Can you jump with Y and X in GameCube? I never played Melee. I was a sixty, I, or I did, but not that much. I was a sixty-four. I don't a sixty-four remember. man myself. Uh, all I know is anytime I think this is this is like a factor of me growing up. Uh, when joysticks were already th- like the first video games I remember playing, it's like a joystick was already a thing uh in like a on a home console so i kind of uh you know in a in a 2d game i don't think of uh you know up on the joystick as moving my character up i think of it as just you know the joystick is split in half one side is left Mm -hmm. and the other side is right you know what i mean sure any any game that uh challenges that and it's like what if you jumped 
by hitting either up on a joystick or up on a you know uh arrow keys or a d-pad i'm like yeah yeah i think i think the thing that feels confusing about it to me is i think of jumping as a binary input and a joystick Uh as an analog input well i don't think of they are uh and uh and so when you bind a a sort of like binary action to an analog tool it just is counterintuitive yeah, which this game doesn't do to be clear because you yeah, control we, we the arrow completely keys. already gone on a tangent for but that. But it's point. sort of it, it's sort of uh, I don't know. I think the reason why I uh, detest uh, jumping with the up arrow is uh, a personal quibble. I would say. Yeah, I I can definitely say that I found that um, confusing in the first level, and then not so much afterwards. And then like oh. like I said, for the most part, um, the platforming is not very like um it's not that important that's not to the challenge the game. For, no. you know the vast majority of the levels you know you're just trying to sort of like piece together how the the level works rather than actual actually like execute it and once you figure it out it's just trivial to execute um, yeah you know classic Most of puzzle the levels yet again okay not now i'm curious them. is the one that you struggled with the one where you had to go um where there's the dripping water and you had to move the two Mm, I mean, that one was also not great, but that wasn't the one I was thinking that you would bring up. I thought you were going to say the one, this is the one where it was like the most annoying for me is when you had to, um, there's like the two stone blocks that you have to stack. So you have to like burn the one on the right, have it drop, push it over uh, to be under the other one. I just, I kept having a bunch of weird uh, like glitches where, I would like, uh, I, I guess, uh, something that, uh, about a lot of platformers is that, uh, because the, uh, interactions are so basic, a lot of like very careful special tuning goes to like, uh, basically letting the player cheat without them knowing it. So things sure, like sure. coyote time or, uh, when you like miss an edge, but if you only miss it by a tiny bit, then you yeah. still get to go or that sort of thing. Uh, and so, I mean, obviously in a game that was made in, uh, you know, a handful of days, I'm not going to be too mad about that, but it's still kind of frustrating when you like, because you, you're some of the windows for timing in this, uh, in this game are, are pretty tight. It's kind of like, if you don't, if you don't hit the jump first try, you're just going to have to restart. And yeah, one thing I will say, uh, is that this game is merciful and that the setups never take that long. So it's not. It's not a situation where go, you yeah. where you have to set something up and then uh, if you fail, then it's like a full minute of, you know, Waiting it's, it's, for it it's usually going to yeah. be like 15 seconds of, uh, you know, setting stuff up to try again. Yeah. So at, and at, the, at the very the least, it's of, good in that way. The addition of a reset button also very gen- generous. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, makes it makes it helpful. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think the I can sort of see why. Um, or see how it's it's hard to balance that uh, decision though right because the the reason why the timing is tight is to make it so you can't cheat right because you have to it makes sure. it so you have to solve because in a lot of them it has the the level kind of has a setup where your first thought is oh, i'll just burn this jump here you're done but then it turns out that that 
you know, either work. because you will, your fire will go out because you go through some water or, you know, whatever the reason will be, uh, your mm-hmm. initial impression doesn't work and you have to figure out, recontextualize it and do it differently. Yeah. Kind it's like kind cla- of a classic. classic puzzle level design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but in order to produce that effect, you have to, um, you know, you have to produce a, a lock on the level, uh, based on timing. Uh, and so, the window can't be too big or you might be able to solve it the wrong way. Uh, so I understand why that's there. Although there are some places where maybe the window could be expanded a little bit without uh, causing a problem. Yeah. I mean, overall my, my complaint isn't, uh, you know, that the, the, the timing windows are too small. It's just that if you're going to have small timing windows, it'd be, it'd be nice if the platforming felt a little bit uh, oh, smoother. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if it, if it felt like I got, uh, given those, you know, if, if I didn't notice it, then it would be best. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, sure. Because sure. those, those sort of touches I was talking about earlier, are the, are the kinds of things that, uh, you know, as a player, you don't know that the game is letting you cheat because it just feels right. It feels, you know, you yeah. feel like you landed on something when you did, uh, it's just that when the opposite is true, you're like, wait, why does this feel wrong why isn't the game letting me win you know you get to kind of be like a little a little child throwing a tantrum and that's what i always strive to be a little whiny baby uh-huh a little little whiny baby man oh wow well you succeed marvelously oh <laughs> <laughs> got him no just kidding um okay so i want to talk about one thing with this game that i, I really liked which is the the ropes i think that there is something very um just like inspires level design creativity about the rope uh burning mechanic Define rope oh yeah oh you're the, ta- thing, okay, the things you're burning uh i think they're ropes they look like ropes to me um i mean one might describe it as a wick or a fuse perhaps i guess yeah. it's not exploding it's a it's a rope like thing whatever it, it functionally is like a fuse but the burn animation doesn't look fuse like i do think that true, you know true. perhaps a final version of this uh I could imagine that being fixed with a, a or replaced with a, a more fuse like animation. I, I mean, obviously was going for a simple animation here because the, the um, fire on your head on the torches and on as a sign that something is burning are, is all exactly the same. So sure. Um, but the thing I like about it is that it is something that is uh, um, like, does not um how do i explain this like does not prescribe to the player exactly uh one point of contact so like in a lot of puzzle games it's like you need to stick this thing directly in this other thing at this exact moment and that you know there's one there's like kind of one solution in that way but the Mm. the thing that i like about this is it's a little more open-ended as a mechanic even Mm. though the puzzles themselves are often you know of the classic type and that they only have one you know you're finding the solution there's one solution sure Um, so i think that there's something uh uh cool about i don't know why i found this cool but just like the fact that you have to think about it's not just, I'm going to light this on fire. It's like, I need to familiarize myself with the pace at which things burn and then mm. place my fire in a spot that, uh, okay. So, that so matches that now that being said, they really did very, 
you know, there's really only like one puzzle in which that really matters. And it's the, the stacking one you were talking about where, you yeah. know, the first time you do it, you're like, oh, I'll just light it on a fire or whatever. And then you uh-huh. realize, oh, I need to light it so that this one falls first. And I yeah. thought that was a nice little realization moment. Um, just thinking that the, the placement of the fire matters rather than just I need to light this on fire. Yeah. So just to just to be totally clear, you're talking about. Uh, because this rope it's not like oh here's a point where you can set the rope on fire it's like anywhere where you can get your little the top of your candle close enough to the rope to ignite it it'll start on fire yeah. and start burning from that point yeah so you get a little bit of extra flexibility of uh you know the the point at which you're starting the you know chain reaction of ev- events uh and i although i will agree that 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 one level is really the only one where that mechanic is used but i uh or the only obvious example i guess i would be curious to see more uses of it um or ways that it could be uh you know made a little bit more interesting i guess yeah it is it is like uh i guess one another way to think about it is just like you know at a procedural level it's open-ended in the sense that it's like you know he didn't have like you know if you know, the, the game logic isn't like, oh, player put their head here. The game logic is like there's a fire thing and there's flammable things and you light them on fire and they do a certain thing. And uh-huh. then your goal as the player is just to use that to to put it together in some certain way. Um, so I, I it, it feels kind of emergent, even though in the level design, it is, you know, like all puzzle games, very, uh, you know, tightly, tightly prescribed sure. what you're supposed to do. Sure, um, sure. So that that was one reason why, even though the game is super short, uh, you know, you could think of um, that that one provoked the imagination that you're like, oh, wow, you could make a lot of uh, interesting levels just by, you know, placing these in interesting places. Mm -hmm. Um, The other mechanic we haven't really talked about is the fact that you can douse yourself. So, yeah, I thought this was interesting because it uh, this game really tries to, you know, take everything that it has like added and um make it a part of the game so like the the fact that you get shorter as you your candle burns down also has a mechanical effect rather than just communicating to you that you're gonna die soon which is that uh you can stand in deeper water without your fire going out uh as it is um if you're taller so you Mm -hmm. have to you have to worry about your height uh, in order to get through, oh, also in order to get through some spaces, sometimes you're too tall to fit through an opening, so you have to burn down a bit. Um, so I, I thought that was also kind of a fun, uh, a fun touch. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, that sort of touches on what I was saying earlier that, uh, the game, it, it sort of, uh, presents a few different ways of like, here's why, how this could be interesting, uh, and doesn't really like totally explore those in a way that made me think, you know, I, there could be more to this game there, you know, you could take this concept further, uh, and have more interesting puzzles by, you know, iterating on these and, uh, introducing more challenges and combining them with each other, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I, I think it is, uh, I think I've said this before, but it, it is very much the game jam, uh format right of you yeah you, you sure. see you see the pieces and you're like oh yeah yeah i see how how this all works uh, uh-huh. and then it's over <laughs> yep yeah um 
what else is there to say about this game? Um, were there any levels besides that one that you found particularly difficult? I'm trying to remember some of the other difficult other levels. Um, I don't, th I don't think there were a ton that were like super difficult. I guess that's a, that's another thing is that I think most of them were simple enough that I, it, it wasn't, uh, sure. you know, it wasn't one of those things where I'm like sitting there like, Hmm, how do I go about this? You know, it's just, uh, you know, simple, I suppose, yeah. which is not to say that simple is bad. Just that simple is simple. And you Blake know, it needs everything to be very complicated. Everything huh. must be, uh, you know, so convoluted as to ignite uh, my brain with imaginative wonder ignites uh -huh. wow have you been playing a fire game lately no i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> um i did i did just remember another level i want to talk about uh i i like the the last one where you have to um set that uh platform in motion in order to like umbrella yourself from the oh from sure the, from the dripping water i thought that was uh also an interesting um uh, it, it was, it was another one that sort of like, uh, makes you think about the sort of like, um, the way that your character interacts with the, the environment. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, uh, we might as well talk a little bit about sort of like, uh, I'm not sure exactly how I define this, but, uh, it's sort of a systemic interaction between, uh, elements yeah. as a way to drive gameplay. So this is something that uh, is a really big part of uh, Spelunky. I'm not sure if you've ever played that much. I, I haven't actually. I just read the book that Derek you wrote <laughs> right. about making the process of making the game. Uh, and the, the thing that he uh, he said is that he really wanted to uh, make it so that everything you do uh, impact can impact everything else uh, in ways that uh, even he doesn't necessarily have planned out, you know, right? So just like by nature of the way that they've built the game, uh, you know, different uh, elements. I mean, I think this is kind of the joy from what I understand of people who really like Spelunky. Spelunky. Personally, I've, I've never played it that much just because I haven't gotten to the point where I've gotten good enough where it isn't extremely like frustrating. Just like, what the <laughs> heck? Sure. but I think uh, part of the joy of uh, like watching people play Spelunky is just like, when you die and you're like, wait, what the hell happened? And then you go back to the replay, watch it in slow motion and realize this, you know, ridiculous, uh, set of, uh, mechanical interactions that lead to your character getting shot with an arrow. So like, here's a really simple example. So there's like these arrow traps, uh, where if you jump in front of them or if, if something goes in front of them, they shoot out an arrow, right? Uh, mm -hmm. so the, generally the way yeah. to get around that is if you, uh, pick something up and throw it so that the arrow shoots out so that then you can jump past this thing. Uh, but, uh, one example of how that might not go to plan is if you, uh, throw something in front of it and then jump down right after, if the arrow is falling through the air above you and the, and the tip is pointed down, it'll still kill you if it hits you. <laughs> right so like in most huh. in most games it'd be like okay i shot the arrow the arrow is flying once it hits something now that arrow is just 
it's not a, a, an issue anymore. It's just going to like, right. You know, it, like, fall over turns off mechanically. It becomes yeah, mechanically. It is, it is, it's, it's, uh, it's use is gone. Uh, however, in something like Spelunky, and I think because of that game's popularity, uh, and also just, uh, as sort of the, uh, emergent gameplay has become, uh, emergent gameplay and systemic interaction has become such a big part of like most games, mm-hmm. uh, at this point that, uh, it's, it's kind of a more fun and interesting way rather than, you know, the, like you were describing earlier, rather than the binary choice of, I am setting this thing on fire having it yeah. be okay if i if i interact with this part of it then it's gonna you know burn toward this mm-hmm. side faster or that sort of thing um yeah and to, to also it is worth noting that this game does still use some of the binary interactive points so like sure, the, sure. there's there's levers that flip switches to open locked doors and that uh-huh. is the um I mean, this isn't a criticism because it's like, you know, six days, whatever. But that that those uh, moments felt less in the sort of like spirit of the the game that I, I found very compelling, which sure, is like, sure. kind of like it, it almost like points to a different way that you imagine levels being designed. Right. This the there's the one way where it's almost like it designs itself. Right. You're like, OK, I have I have some ropes. I have a candle and I uh-huh. have. I have some water. How do they interact? And then by sure. answering that question, you design the levels. Whereas switches is just like, okay, you know, it's a puzzle game. Yeah. There's, there's switches. <laughs> yeah. You got to open the doors. <laughs> got to so open that the you doors. Got to put some switches somewhere. Uh huh. Um, uh huh. But you know, whatever I would put a switch in if I was designing a game in six days. So <laughs> is that right? I am sure I would. Yeah. I mean, listen, you gotta, you gotta finish the game. If you're doing a game jam and you want to finish, you gotta it, finish. That's the idea. You got to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, one thing that we haven't talked about that we often talk about, uh, at the end is the music. Uh-huh. And, I, <laughs> um, it is, I think the music is not by Havana no. 24. It's, it's credited to play, play on loop, play on which loop? I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Did you feel like the music was weirdly, um, dark? Like, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but the music, I, how I would describe the loop is it's like, got like a kind of um like magical opening and then it it like gets kind of weirdly more dramatic than i would expect for a game about a cartoon candle who's if if i'm being totally real with you i thought the song was pretty annoying so i I kind (laughs) of i kind of did my best to uh not pay attention to to it (laughs) okay that's fair i was just gonna i was gonna use it as a uh um I was going to try to tie it in with you, how tie it in with the game that this is actually a, uh, like a, a horror type yeah, story that he's like sure. desperately trying to uh, escape some sort of like dungeon where he's yeah, been well, also uh, it's almost like a dying. saw, like a saw sure. situation where in order to escape, you have to like cause horrible harm to your own body. He has uh-huh. to light himself on fire and almost die. It is basically candle body horror. It is. Yeah. Can you imagine uh, a candle playing this game? They'd be like, this is dude, this is offensive. Yeah. You know, personally, I'm not going to share this with any of my candle friends just out of sort of (laughs) sensitivity to their, to their situation. But you know, listeners, if you have any friends that are candles that you think could handle it, it, it might be an interesting uh, avenue to explore. Yeah, watch them play it and they'll be like, they'll probably approach it very differently. They will right. probably feel about this game the way we felt about Perfect Vermin. <laughs> Is that right? 
I, okay. I think at the point where we're talking about, uh, you know, l- being friends with candles and letting them play the game, we've we've probably said what we have to say about lifespan candle. So yes, uh, I think I think that's right. Uh, so lifespan candle. If this sounds interesting to you, you should play it on on itch. Link in the description to this episode. Um, it's free. It's short. Uh, go ahead and check it out. Um, next week we will be playing a very different game by the name of Shell Song, which is, I'll just read the author description to you because I actually don't know very much about this game. It is an interactive narrative and audio game about data sets, bodies, ghosts, corporate voiceover, uh, no, corporate voiceover software, and surveillance. So, uh, uh, yes, several things that I know about that are all <laughs> closely related. <laughs> Um, this game was commissioned by the Open Data Institute, which is kind of like an academic nonprofit, it looks like, um, that funds independent artists and that sort of thing. So uh, it seems interesting. The game is by um, Everest Pipkin. Everest Pipkin. Um, and uh, it looks like it is kind of largely a text-based interactive game with some uh, audio mechanic of some sort uh so very curious to see what that game has to say so we'll be playing shell song next week uh if you want to listen to that episode you should follow us on twitter at edgeguardcast is our twitter handle so that's where we uh tweet out all the updates for the podcast new episodes um uh links to the uh play the games that we feature if you're interested and then also uh twitter handles for the creators of those games uh, if they have them so Definitely follow us there at at Edgeyardcast if you're interested um, uh, and shoot us a message if you have thoughts about the podcast or if you have recommendations for games you'd like us to play. So, Shell Song next week, and we'll talk to you then. 